T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Oh, how good does it feel, Joe? It's uh, kind of weird. The boys are back <laughs> together again after uh, it's been like a week. It feels so right, Brian. <laughs> feels so right to have Beamaz and Beamer back on the air together again. With Beamaz and Beamer. With actually Beamaz and Beamer, yes. <laughs> it's been a long time, but glad to uh, be back. Glad to have you back. And uh, yeah, we are back here. Glad to have you back. That's you right. were at a concert on Sunday, got a little uh, hoarse voice. You I'm sound like me after a tech game. I am still. Um, I, I my voice I think was better yesterday than it was today. It's like uh, ancillary. But I woke up yesterday. My mouth hurt. My jaw hurt. From um, I, I mean, there's something about going back after a year and a half, going back to something you love, and just absolutely spending. All every ounce of energy you yes. have, enjoying that, and that's exactly what I did Sunday night. And I'm I'm still I'm glowing, Joe. I, don't I can know tell. If you I can tell. Notice me radiating as I walk through the door, but I'm still I'm still feeling great. I'm still feeling great about it, even though I uh, maybe don't sound that way. <laughs> I'm 11 days away from going back to live to a live event that I missed for over a year, and uh, I probably will feel this exact same way the following Monday. I it's uh, it's great, and I, I was so happy to be back. So happy to see everybody there. You know, you see a lot of the familiar faces faces who you used to see. You know, like yeah. a, a year and a half ago, like not necessarily even people you know. Just like, all right, you know, that guy's always here. Like the, you know, the concert just, goers that are at the same shows. Yes, you're at. yeah. They're, all those faces, they're always kind of <laughs> there, and it's uh, very cool to have that feeling once again. I was loving it. And you're back Sunday at it, right? Night. You got another concert coming up. We're going Thursday. There it is. Um, and you know, it's just boom, right back in the swing of things. And then before you know it, Bills football's back, That's and right. uh, let's go. Um, I, I'm a slacker. I guess one of the shows that I wanted to uh, go to this upcoming October is apparently already sold out. Oh, so it's like I gotta a find, market for you. I got to figure out how to weasel my way uh, into that uh, coming <laughs> up. So it, it's an exciting time, and I was very happy to be back at it Sunday night, and I'm happy to be back here. It's a, it's a weird kind of new day here, Joe, because we're, for the first time doing this show, with Andrew Cuomo no longer being the governor of the state of New York. Yes, that's that's correct. Uh, Andrew on his way out. This time yesterday, we were uh, previewing uh, where his dog might end up. Also, his farewell speech that uh, aired at noon uh, today. 
He's not that important. <laughs> he's, he's gone. He's, he has nothing to do uh, with the state of New York as of today. Yeah. It, I, I think it will be a little bit interesting to see what exactly happens to him, you know, from here on. You know, how, if he decides to get back, I don't think he can help himself. I, I, he'll try and be back in the public eye in some way, shape, or form. I don't think that's running for office. I, you know, I, you have all the people say, "Oh, he can run for governor again because he wasn't." You know, that's I don't see that ever happening. Maybe not governor. I think he likes to have that position of political power, and if he can, Hamburg Town Board, he's going to flip flop <laughs> with Kathy Holt. Well, if there's something he can do within Albany, state senator. Assembly, something where he will be, the cameras will go to him. I, I don't think it's, it will happen, but I wouldn't say it hasn't crossed his mind. Yeah, I know. I think there there will be something in the public eye down the line, but that, that's down. The He's got to get rid of his legal battles first. Yeah. So that's um, that is one of the things we're talking about today. So New York has a new governor. What are you hoping to hear, see anything from the new governor? What do you want? in a new governor of the state of New York, because as of this past Monday, we have a new governor That's right. in the state of New York. 1201, we, uh, new governor. And as you pointed out, a full minute governor-less I, in the state of New York. What were you doing then? <laughs> I was panicking the entire time. What am I going to do without a governor? How do you answer that question, Joe? What do you want in a new governor? What do I want in a new governor? Um, wow, with everything that's going on, I kind of just want to be trusted to make the right decisions. Right. I mean, with COVID going on, we our last governor until, you know, his seat got hot. Um, pretty much everything was you are allowed to do this now, allowed to do this now. I just want a governor that's not going to go back to that. I, I want a governor that really isn't on TV every 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 day, you know, unless something's important, unless there's something pressing, you know, just stay away. Uh, that's I know that sounds very simple, but that's what I want out of every elected official. Yeah. I, Joe, it's funny you said because that, that's my answer right there. What do I want out of a new governor? Less. Yeah. Just yeah. One, in one word, less. Less is more. I, I want to see you less. I want to hear from you less. I, I think the goal is I want to live a life where you can be certain you would go through an entire day without the governor's name being brought up. Or without somebody talking about it. Or without the need to, uh, everyone's seen the Cuomo stickers with his face peering over. That's you right. You know, without having to see that in a bar, restaurant, or a car driving by and it scares the living <laughs> you-know-what out of me every time I see it still to this day. But I'll tell you, if even if we weren't in a COVID world and Governor Cuomo stepped down last night, the last person who wants that answer to be less is Kathy Hochul, because as of 12.01 this morning, Kathy Hochul is running a primary election for 2022. Yeah. So she wants her name out there. She wants you talking about her every night. So what we want, even in a non-COVID world, is not what we're going to get over someone that is now trying to win an election they have yet to win. I don't know. I think that that is a, you know, um, I, I think it's a more popular opinion than people would give credit for. Um, just to not be inundated with yeah. uh, things from your office. And I think that – I honestly think that is still a large part of Joe Biden's appeal during uh, the presidential election. And a large part of why he won uh, going back to last year was you had this idea that, okay, here's uh, – you know, just for the sake of words, here's a boring guy. You know, we had a guy who dominated every headline and every newscast – 
for the last four years, and I, people were kind of sick of it. Right. And so you know, I want someone who I'm not going to hear from. Now, it, it hasn't exactly worked out that way. I think a lot of people are hearing more from him and uh, seeing him more than they would have initially thought right. or planned on. Yes. Uh, but at the same time, I do think that that's part of the appeal, and I think that appeals to a lot of people. That if the new governor of New York was just maybe less involved in the aspects of your everyday life, uh, that was uh, not making uh, decisions that you were having conversations about all the time, that was not something that we were talking about every week here on our show. Right. I think that a lot of people would really uh, uh, like that. A couple people chiming in on the text board um, saying to continue the investigation into nursing home deaths. That will be something. That's not what I want from the governor. I don't want the governor in charge of that. No. I don't want the political person in charge of the political uh, investigation. I, I want somebody else right. uh, to be doing Someone that. Someone not tied to the previous administration. Right. I mean, that is kind of the goal there. Somebody else chiming in, uh, not passing laws buried in the budget. I wonder if we're too far gone from that right now. Too. I mean, that's... I would love for that. It's kind of the way it's it's worked now for such a period of time that it's almost assumed... That And you hear it when you talk to uh, members of the Assembly or members of uh, the State Senate that they just kind of are, are resigned to like, well, that's how it gets done. You know, we hammer out these things. That's like a budget item. or that's, And it's talked about as almost as if it has to be the case. And just judging from that point of conversation leads me to believe that that's a hard – um, you know, stone to roll back over when we're talking about taking these things back out of the budget and putting them more as things that are individually talked about. And I would have to say, too, Joe, that if you're talking about what I think you would like to see um, in that a more open discussion about individual items instead of lumping a bunch of stuff together, I, I don't think... We have the time to do that now because everyone's so at each other's throats and everything right. is so drawn out. It takes forever to get things done that need to be done now Right. with everything lumped together into the budget. If we're going to take all these and take them out and make them individual things, I mean, you talk about like legalization of marijuana. You know, we'll be at Mars by, by the time oh that my gosh. Uh, <laughs> it'll yeah. be legal on Mars before it's legal in New York. State. We're still a football season away from mobile gambling, and we were told last year <laughs> yeah. that was going to be by kickoff. That's wild. Uh, but you know, you, you talk about the stuff in the budget, and you talk about that with someone in the assembly, with someone in the state senate, and they would say, "Yes, that's true. That that bill." But look, if you look at page one fifty six, section A, uh, section three A, uh, that was for you. That's for your region. So that's how they sell it. Yes, everyone got a little bit of a bill, but if you look at what I got right here for you, that million dollars is benefiting you. It is? <laughs> when? When is it benefiting me? You know, here's what I want to see. Like you said, I just want to see the, the, the big ticket items. If they could get, get to us quicker, I think we'd ask less questions. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, if instead of just talking about marijuana legalization. If things were more efficient. Just quicker. That's yeah. how I say it. Quicker. Because right why now, are we waiting months for mobile sports yeah. gambling when I can go downtown and do it? 
The Seneca Nations had no issue right. getting that started up. Why is the state taking so long when I when I drive to Virginia and I see Pennsylvania Barstool Sportsbook, West Virginia Barstool Sportsbook, uh, the state of Virginia, I can I can gamble while I'm at a tech game, but yet New York State goes, hey, we're almost there. And they've been saying it for two years. So what you want is somebody to, uh, when you're passing legislation like this, to pass it without all the red tape involved. Without, you know, you want to legalize marijuana, um, then do it. Don't set up a committee that still hasn't been set up yet to talk about how we're going to further do this eventually by right a year and a half from now. When something passes, especially if it's something that you claim is going to benefit the people, just be a little more quicker. That's yeah. all. Just just stop with all the legal talk. Stop with all the circling around. Or or you know what would even be, and I know this is much to ask, too much to ask from politicians, Brian. Be honest from day one. Tell me, you know what? It's going to be a few years. Instead <laughs> of saying before the pandemic that mobile that, uh, mobile sports begging. Well, they, people but, do tell you, but no one listens, right? But it's, it keeps on being moved back. If you were just said from the beginning, hey, by Super Bowl 2022, you will be able to bet on your phone in the state of New York. Okay, I'll shut up. <laughs> but, I mean, that, that kind of did happen. They're talking Super Bowl now. They were they were talking maybe September of this year before. So September to February. It's not a huge pushback. It's a whole season for that. It is. It's all college football. At the same time in, uh, you know, actual months worth of time when you passed this many months ago. But we are talking about sports. <laughs> it, is, um, it, is, it is kind of wild that, you know, I'm flying into New York City. I'm going to New Jersey, though, first. So I can all right. stop in New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> and take my winnings out right. <laughs> that I won, you know, a, bu- a while ago. Uh, what before I head back uh, and go into New York State. Um, I, I, so we're talking about that. You can give us a call eight zero three zero nine thirty. Send us a text on our Volkswagen of Orchard Park text board eight zero three zero nine three zero. We have a new governor. What do you want to see from the new governor? And then also your opinion on what's happening in schools uh, with what we heard yesterday. In Erie County, that is something a lot of people were maybe uh, expecting, though the details might have caught some people off guard of some of the mandates that the state is. So I think everyone expected, all right, K through 12 schools, there's going to be some sort of mask mandate. I don't know if that's going to come from the county. I don't know if that's going to come from the state. I don't know if it's going to be my individual school or school district, but I think most parents had that expectation that at the beginning of the school year, this was going to be the the idea, that this was going to happen. And, and if you didn't think it was going to happen, I you're kind of living in a different world. Right. You're not you're not following uh, you know the You might be tuning in for the first time in a few months. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you uh, you have not been paying too much attention. Uh, so we knew that, but then there's a couple other things. The the quarantine rules that are set, that are still going to be in place. Now, we heard from Michael Cornell that they're relaxed a little bit. We're talking three feet instead of six feet for these quarantine rules. But they still exist of somebody who might be in contact with somebody who tests positive. Then all of a sudden they're out of school and maybe a whole bunch of other kids are out of school for two weeks time which is a very long time, and that kind of goes against having kids in school. And then on the masking, while everyone was expecting K through 12, it's now two years and up, which was recommended by the CDC many months ago. And there was a tremendous pushback, not just from parents, 
but from caregivers, from people who worked inside of daycare facilities, from everybody involved in the care of people, uh, of kids before they get into that school setting, before they hit kindergarten. And there was an immediate reaction to that pushback, right? I mean, almost as soon as that mandate went into effect that, hey, we're telling everybody two years and older, you have to wear a mask. What, two days later, the state comes around and says, okay, we're going to relax that again, you know, in pre-K daycare settings, uh, that doesn't have to happen. We understand we're asking a lot with what has been shown to be no real impact, right? Over the course, uh, this came up months ago when we were first talking about this, right? Um, it, that throughout, all the way from March of 2020, all the way until now, daycare, childcare has been going on for these younger kids with no interruption, with really no rules, right? Uh, with no um, uh, mask mandate, with no distancing, the pre-K and younger has been going on this whole, without any major COVID problems, right? There's been maybe a few cases here and there, but there's been no huge problem. And parents are looking at that and saying, all right, this, this is good news. Uh, providers are looking at that and saying, this is good news. Um, it, it came around very quickly. Okay, well, maybe that was an overreaction. Kids as young as two. And now in new recommendations, we're going back to kids as young as two, two and over, having to wear a mask inside that school setting uh, at all times. So uh, what exactly is going on there? What exactly changed in the course of the past few months? And now you can say Delta variant and okay. But what has changed with COVID and kids? What has changed in that picture to now all of a sudden reverse our reversal again, heading into this new school year? Because I, I don't think there's much, and this is something no. I brought up to Michael Cornell, was that you know schools are the one area, and we started talking about uh, concerts you know, uh, at the top of the show. It's like you're back a couple years ago. We're, we're back to normal there. You walk into any restaurant, pretty much, and you're back to where you were. Yeah. You can walk into a grocery store, you're back to where you were. Pretty much all areas of society are back to, to the extent that each individual place wants it to be, you are back to some semblance of normalcy, except in the classroom. It's the one area where we have this heavy restriction, and it's almost encouraging people to think of schools as this huge driver of COVID spread as the number one area that we have to watch out for, which, I mean, to an extent, I guess if everyone in the nursing home has gotten their vaccine, right, and every uh, adult who has gone to any of these places have gotten their vaccine and, and you're not really concerned about those places as much, I, maybe it is, but when did we think over the last year and a half that this was going to be the case, right, that schools... That if you ask many public health experts, it would have been the first things to reopen, the last thing to put restriction on, that we'd be sitting here entering the 2021-22 school year talking about that as the one area where we're putting more restriction on. Right. I, and I, the picture that I think it's painting in people's mind is a, a little bit of a misnomer, and it's 
I think it's creating some undue fear when it comes to the classroom setting. The only thing that's changed is the kids that were going home to parents that were high risk or grandparents at high risk, the people they're going home to are now vaccinated. That's what's changed. And you would think that would be for the better of the schools. Looks like as of right now, it's not. And it kind of seems like we're gearing them toward another closure. Another hybrid learning. Yeah. I said this last week, Brian, by December, a percentage of Western New Yorkers, New York students will be learning from their computers at least partially. And I really hope that's not the case. I hope I hope it's not the case either. But it is hard to look at these rules and not think that that could very well be a reality. 803-0930, give us a call. BMS and Beamer on WB. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for 25 bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Yeah. It's Beamaz and Beamer. News Radio 930 WBEN. Hey, welcome back. Beamaz and Beamer together again here on News Radio 930 WBEN. Eventful day here in New York. Uh, Governor Kathy Hochul officially sworn in at 12.01 this morning. The uh, ceremony for television and for uh, the media will be at 10, and then she will give her first address as official mayor at three o'clock, and you will hear that right here on News Radio 930 WBEN. We're going to uh, get back to, and this actually, it's somewhat similar to uh, what we're talking about with schools um, when it comes to the quarantine rules and how that might impact kids based on what positive tests there are. This is uh, news from from the New York Daily News, actually. Kind of a strange uh, spot for the Bills news to be breaking. But um, this is uh, Pat Leonard of the New York Daily News says, uh, per a source, Cole Beasley and Gabe Davis passing COVID tests this morning. So they're COVID negative, but 
They both have to be removed from the facility and undergo a five-day re-entry process because they were close contacts to a member of the team's training staff who tested positive for COVID. And then he follows it up with this tweet that at the same time proves the point of Cole Beasley and proves the point of the people who love to yell at Cole Beasley on social media, right? This is how it gets so confusing, where you can look at two sides of an argument and say, you both kind of have a point right there. In one tweet? He says this underscores two sides of the coin. One, if the players were vaccinated, they wouldn't have to be out for five days uh, per the rule. But two, a vaccinated player can still test positive for COVID, which would contribute to potentially spreading the game or you having to be quarantined regardless of whether you have gotten a vaccine or not, depending on the results of one or two tests. So you see both of their points there, right? That, you know, it's what Cole Beasley was saying that, hey, even if I got the vaccine, I would still be kicked out. Uh, And you see what people who were yelling at him for the last six months are saying where, hey, if you had the vaccine, you wouldn't have to be out for five days if this happened in the middle of the season you'd probably end up missing a game. I didn't realize Gabe Davis was uh, unvaccinated. I mean, did, did he just get thrown under the bus? <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> but, but you know, and that kind of, it's just the strange quarantine rules. You, you don't have COVID, yet you're still, you still have to be over there. I don't know why, but you do, right. um, you know, because you were in contact with somebody else. And I'm hoping we don't see a similar situation in many schools. Before we go back, we're, we're talking about schools as well. And one thing that really surprised me, Brian, I want your take on this. Uh, yesterday, you know, they called it a guidance before they actually started speaking. And I was surprised that the county would do any kind of mandates or guidance before Governor Hochul had her chance to get her team to uh, release any kind of mandates or guidance from the state. That was what was most surprising at the beginning of yesterday's guidance. I just wanted to get your thoughts on that. Yeah, I I did think that was a little strange because you knew something was coming, possibly today, from the state. Right. And I don't know if this is just to get ahead of this, like, oh, well, we did it first or something like that. But you knew something was coming. So to have a set of rules come out and then you also know that there's going to be another set of rules Instead of just, I, I'm not sure. Again, it's none of it's surprising, right? None the of the whole it, thing is kind of a confusing. I, would, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Kathy Hochul was given emergency powers. I, that would not surprise me right now. I that would very much surprise me. Um, would not surprise me, given the uh, talk of the last year and a half, uh, and how many I think legislators regretted that at the end. Uh, but that, that would surprise me. But it was a little. Uh, Different. What did I? What did I? I came up with a word that actually Dr. Burstein almost came up with herself, <laughs> and I forgot what it was. And we heard it earlier this morning, where it was uh, kind of a, a mishmash of guideline and mandate, and it, it kind of fit the topic perfectly. And she almost said it and corrected herself. But I was like, this is kind of this makes sense because you tell people it's a guideline but really it's a mandate. Right. And I don't know if uh, it was guide date or something like that that uh, she almost said, but it, it almost fit the topic perfectly. Christina is in Tonawanda. Now you're on WBEN. What's going on? Good morning. Um I just happen to be sitting. I just dropped my daughter off at daycare so I can head into my classroom to set up. I'm a teacher myself, but I'm also a mom. Um and I think I have a really great perspective because I'm a mom of a 15-year-old, a 12-year-old, and a 3-year-old, and I'm a teacher. And it's funny, you guys were just talking about um, 
the inevitability of schools going to some type of remote learning. And it's really interesting you say that because we just received an email from our admin um, and I teach, I'll be teaching third grade this year. And basically in the email, it had said, you know, make sure that if you're in grades two, three, four, that you start off the year using Google Classroom. And the initial response in, in my brain was, why am I going to start <clears throat> using Google Classroom? Generally, that's, you know, an online learning platform, you know. Um, so is, it, is the writing already on the wall? Is it already assumed that this is going to happen? So we need to get the kids and families, you know, back into it, gain some, you know, familiarity, some, some levels of comfort, because this is the foregone conclusion. I, I don't know as a mom and as a teacher. I think the schools of interest, and this is just my opinion, um, will be elementary schools. Because at least at the middle and high school, and, and I'm, not, I'm not saying vaccinate one way or the other, I'm not saying that, but at least at the middle school and high school levels, you're going to have some percentage of your population of students vaccinated. But at the elementary school level, there's going to be no students uh, vaccinated. You can't. You can't get it under 12. So I think that those will be the population to really look at as, you know, to guide us where we, we need to go. Um, I think my sons in particular are really frustrated because they were a big part of deciding for themselves should they get vaccinated. Um, and we did a pros and cons list, you know, together, and ultimately they decided to get the vaccine, and that's great, um, because they wanted to not have to wear a mask. And they're very frustrated now because they feel very um, – you know, inconvenienced and, and oh. you, you know, kind of um, violated because they were really hoping, okay, well, we're fully vaccinated and they happen to have COVID too. So, and they're fine from it, but, you know, they have like that natural immunity and they're vaccinated. So they're like, okay, when we go to school. We don't have to be in a mask all day. I, I can relate to their uh, sure. frustration. Believe me, I got the vaccine thinking I could go back to normal. It's August 24th and uh, not there yet in some aspects of life. Christina, let me just play the other side of what you said, because you said that, you know, masks were known for going to be elementary, but middle school and high school, since some students could get vaccinated, that was the question mark. Wouldn't you you say that elementary uh, students being masked or having to go back to some form of hybrid or virtual learning are the most affected? Oh, a thousand, a thousand percent, you know, and... There's no real, and it's hard, right? Like at the end of the day, you know, no one knows what's going to happen. It's it's very hard to build a plane in the air all the time, constantly. Um, but there's really no, I don't know of any colleagues, and I teach in a very rural district, and I have friends and colleagues in suburban districts and urban districts. There's no real plan about what could or could not happen if A, B, and C, or D happen. Do you see what I'm saying? And it's, it's tough, you know, kids, I happen to be, so in our district, you know, long story short, we gave families a choice last year. So kids could either be um, hybrid um, and at once then they turned to fully in-person or fully remote. I happen to be the fully remote teacher for 28 second graders. Now, mind you, I still believe in in-person learning, but my families wanted their children to be fully remote. They had a choice in it. They bought into it. They signed up for it. And that made a difference in how, you know, virtual, total virtual and remote learning went. However, going into this school year, 
if it's just an amalgamation of the what ifs, um, you're going to have a lot of families that are forced into situations they don't want to be in, where they don't have a choice. And that's where it gets just really, really awful for both kids and families. And I, I don't know the answer. I know my son, who's in football, um, and they do a lot of off-season training in the summer at the high school, there were positive cases. But because he's vaccinated, like you were talking about the Bills, he did not have to quarantine like the other kids did. But then the flip side to that is not all of the teams are vaccinated. So are you even going to have sports seasons? Because if half of your team has to be out for 10 days, <laughs> then you can't field a football team or a soccer team or whatever. I don't. And I don't sit here to, to beg to know I have the solution, but I definitely think I have a unique perspective as an educator of 15 years and a mom of two older kids that are vaccinated and a little that can't be vaccinated. And way has been in daycare. Christina, I'm wondering if you get this feeling at all, because you're grappling with the questions that all of us are. And I think what a lot of people get concerned about is you start to broach this topic of, OK, well, you have this quarantine guideline, you know, even though there's maybe no symptoms or, or there's nothing, and yet we're going to say to somebody, stay home for two weeks, or we have to put a sport on hold or something like that. And then you have this feeling that now if I question the guidance of a quarantine or I say, well, why do they have to quarantine? Just let them back in school unless they start to show symptoms or something like that then you're worried about being accused of not taking it seriously and you don't care about the kids and this and that. You know, it's interesting. I think we need to go back to, you know, so for me, as you know, I feel pretty, as I'm an educator. I, I, I know my stuff in terms of education and teaching young children. And I'm, most days I'm a pretty good mom. There are some days that I'm an epic failure. But um, I really want to go back to us trusting our doctors. And for, um, for us, for our family, we trust the pediatrician. And I really think we need to go that. And I know it would be a big burden for them to bear, but I've talked to our pediatrician and they'd be more than willing. Her, our pediatrician has said, if kids are asymptomatic, they would be more than happy to write a note, you know, so-and-so can return to school. Yes, they've been exposed. Yes, they're unvaccinated, but they're asymptomatic. You know, the chances of them spreading it are like legitimately nil like and I'm not just like throwing numbers out of my mouth like scientifically like legitimately nil or maybe maybe if they're unvaccinated but they've been exposed instead of quarantine and being out of school for 10 days maybe they have to wear a mask you know and at least it keeps the kids in but I say wear a mask but the mask mandate's already in place so you know our pediatrician has said that ad nauseum and not just one provider at the practice multiple providers you know what I mean it would be like it would be like someone getting exposed, you know, to a cold and they're not no runny nose, no fever, no sneezing, whatever. But, hey, you got to stay home for 10 days because you were exposed to someone with the cold and, you know, blah, blah, blah. I, I, I it's hard, right, because we all have people in our lives that are immunocompromised, that are going through cancer, that are going through other diseases, um, that if they were to get COVID, they may not come out the other end of it. So you do think of those vulnerable populations, no doubt, 100%. Um, but how how much longer is this going to go on? And as a, as a teacher, I just want to do my job. I just want to teach kids. Like, I just want to teach kids. I don't, there's enough other minutia and red tape that I have to go through as an educator, right? Please just 
don't bear this other burden and roadblock on all of us. Just let us do our jobs as teachers, you know, and educators and paraprofessionals. It's tough. Yeah. Hey, I uh, I hear you as the husband of a teacher myself. I uh, I know your frustration that you're having. I hear it all the time, and I sympathize with you 100%. And I'm hoping for the best for you and your family this school year. Christina, thanks so much for the call. Yeah. I will say this, that uh, her son's there probably inadvertently learned a lesson that will stick with them more so than any other lesson they'll learn in any uh, government or uh, whatever class yes. they have in high school, which is that, hey, uh, trust me, do this, and uh, you'll get this in return, and then it doesn't happen. Oh, <laughs> as it turns out, I can't trust anybody. And if you don't think that that attitude is going to stick for a lifetime at the most impressionable age, what did she say, 15? Yes. Oh, my goodness. If you don't think a 15-year-old is going to have that feeling throughout the rest of their lifetime that, hey, I was told these things by the people I'm supposed to trust, the people who were put in a position to make the right decisions, and they didn't come through, right? Uh, (laughs) They're going to hold on to that for forever. Is that what we want to be doing um, with our kids? And, you know, listen, I... This whole thing is not uh, even necessarily about masks, right? It's just about the discussion. It's about the way things are. Um, the caller there just brought up how it's tough to see where the end is, you know, hoping we can get back to uh, wherever the end is. But after these rules are put into place yesterday, I. I struggle with that. I I don't know where the end is. If you go by what's going on right now, if we're telling the people who COVID does not have the big impact on that you can't go back to normal, even though that was not the deal that everyone kind of signed up for a year and a half ago. Right. That's not what we've been told all along. It's not why we had fireworks in May. Right. I, I, I mean... I, it's tough to see when they do go back to normal. Joe, it's like the what we were talking about a couple of weeks ago with these big events. You know, if you're going to mandate vaccination or you're, you're going to say everyone wears a mask, okay, you know, that's your uh, prerogative. But if you are going to tell everybody you need to show me that you have been vaccinated to get in and you need to wear a mask the entire time, well, then that's telling me that this is – never going to end it's never going right? to end that, right that's where is the end point in your mind if you are doing one on top of the other on top of the other there is no end point no and, and then you wonder why people get upset or antsy or start asking more and more questions and, and looking at this more critically it's because you start to use that common sense like hey wait a second i was told this i i believe this i believe in a vaccine so why are we doing this on top of it? I, you know, I'm okay with uh, proving a negative COVID test. Yes. But why are we doing this on top of it? If you don't come up with a clear vision of when this is over, I, it's going to be harder and harder for people to take that. It's all back to the, all back to the, what we've been talking about, Brian, with messaging. People thought the vaccine was going to get them to the end. It's not. Now you have those people that have held out, and they're going, well, why? Why? Because my friend who got vaccinated in May now has, is a teacher and now has to sit in a hot building the month of September with a mask on. 
You know what I mean? Like they're going backwards. Uh, we did all of this really with normality in mind. And a lot of parents did this with the th- sense that their kids would be back to a normal school setting, which is one of the most important things you can you can think of when it comes to this pandemic is getting kids back to normality, getting them back in their social circles, getting them back into a classroom setting. And it seems like we're just starting again to back away from normality uh, where it's most important. And, you know, somebody's uh, chiming on the text board. Uh, you know, why would they put a three-year-old in daycare? That's the last place I would. Well, you know, they're probably doing well for two reasons. One, people have to work. <laughs> you know, what do you? Right. There's not free child care everywhere. But two, and I can speak to this as my own personal decision. Going back to, you know, before, uh, yeah, I think, yeah, before one-year-old and up until now. And then, uh, you know, back next week uh, before two years old. Why in a daycare? Well, because... Kids are going to get sick in daycare. And I was right. told that from my very first visit to a pediatrician after we left the hospital. That, right, this is this is what happens. You know, inevitably, kid goes to daycare, they get runny nose, they come down with all these things. It's just the way of life. And I understand that. I hate to see it. I hate when my kid's sick. I hate when there's a runny nose, not just because there's snot everywhere, but because I don't like to see them feel right. uh, bad. You know, it stinks as a father. But... Put them in there, even with everything that's going on, because you have the information in your brain, right? You have, you're armed with the information that we've had for a year and a half that the threat is, uh, you have to take everything in balance. I want my son to have a normal life. I want him to have normal socialization. I want him to have all the skills in his toolbox when he's ready to take the next step. Whether that's to kindergarten or whether that's, you know, kicking out into the workforce or whatever he, uh, you know, goes to uh, over the years. You want him to have all the necessary tools. And this is how you do it. This is how you prepare. And you take all the risks and all the benefits and you put them all together and you come up with your answer. You don't narrowly focus on the small potential for something bad to happen uh, in one case. And just keep your eyes laser focused on that for a year because other things will suffer if you keep doing that. Before we get out of here, someone just went on a, kind of a text rant, uh, Brian, on the Volkswagen Vulture Pride text board, saying that we have to adjust. It's never going to end. Uh, this is the new normal. Well, I agree. COVID-19 is always going to be here. Brian and I have talked about that. Uh, but adjusting is living knowing it's there, it's not putting masks on our kids until the end of time. That is not the answer. The answer is not to have hybrid learning, not to have guidelines every year uh, about how to socially distance your kids. Learning to live with it is learning to be go back to normal with the virus here. That is my answer to that. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. 
Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, oh, oh.